Hi guys, and welcome back to Midday Matcha with Livy. Clearly, I am fucking Livy. How are you doing? I am doing good to catch you up on what I've been working on. The past weekend, I was shooting for a clothing brand that I can't tell you anything about, so it's really not fun for me to mention it. But I shot for three days. It was a lot of fun. And I can't wait to share the pictures with you guys, especially because they're like thirst trap pictures. Like if I select them nicely, like I have a couple really good thirst traps in there. And you know what? It's thirst trap season. I'm ready to thirst trap. I've always kind of steered away from it and just been like, no, I don't want to post my body like that. But I, my body dysmorphia is pretty much gone. So like the insecurities are gone and I'm ready to post some thirst traps. And I'm excited it was a really fun weekend. I had so much fun shooting. I'm exhausted today, though. I don't know what's wrong with me. I've literally drank in three coffees and drank pre-workout this morning, so I know that can't be good for my heart whatsoever, but you know what? We're going to run with it. We're going to roll with it, and we're going to keep it going. So if I sound like I just snorted five lines of cocaine, um, it's just the caffeine in me. Let's get into this episode. The idea of this episode came to me when I was walking home last night and I was just thinking about my past lovers, my past love affairs, and I realized that I started a two-year relationship just because he was tall. Just because this man was 6'4", I pursued him and dated him for two years. And it hit me a year and a half later that I did that. I fully had a relationship with a man because of his height. The rest, I romanticized. And if you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Basically, I am known for doing this. I romanticize a man in my head. So, yes, they're a real person, but I'm romanticizing the relationship we could have. Basically, I'm falling in love with the potential of them, not actually them. And it's sickening. You guys could be like, I don't do that. You're literally the only one who does that. And I might be, but I wanted to come on here and talk to you guys about romanticizing men in our heads, making them look way better than they are in real life. And my friends have noticed I've done it, and they've checked me for it, and my friends have also done it as well. I was talking with my best friend the other day, and she was like, yeah, I do that a lot. And I was like, wait, I'm really known for it, and I thought I was just like insane. I'm going to get into the trouble it's gotten me in, how I've gotten out of it, and what helped me. I'm just really going to dive into the topic of like falling in love with the idea of him, not actually him. Let me give you an example of how I romanticized my ex-boyfriend. First, we're going to get into the story of how I met my ex. I met my ex when he invited me to a party. Fun fact, him and three other of his teammates invited me to the same party. And I was like, oh, shoot, I can't go to a party where all my hoes are at. I have to go to a different party now. And then the two other hoes dropped out and they were like, well, I'm actually going to this party. And he was still at that one party. So I was just going to go to the party my ex was at, and then I was going to hit up the parties that my other hoes were at, which I did do. I did do it. Ah, oh, crazy Livy. I miss ho Livy. She didn't get very far. I think I mentioned to you guys I met my ex-boyfriend, like, the second, third night I was at college. So I didn't really get my ho phase, you know? I didn't get to live it to its potential, but it was a fun week while it happened. So I get to this party. I'm with my roommates, and 
I'm like texting him, hey, I'm here, like come get me. Like I don't know anybody here. All my other hoes left. Come and get me. And he's like, all right, coming. And I'm not patient. And he was taking too long. I was like, fuck it, I'm leaving. And then I am walking. I take like two steps and I hear Livy. And I turn my head around. And it was him. I like turned around and couldn't see his face. He was wearing a hat. But I saw that he was 6'4", and I looked at my roommate, and I said, he's going to be my baby daddy. And he kind of gave me a Bryson Tiller vibe because of his hat. So literally no idea what this kid looks like, but in my head, he's 6'4". And I'm like, oh, my God, wow. And to mention he's an athlete, so of course... I was like, oh my God, wow. Then proceeded to go into the party. He did two simple gestures that I thought were the most romantic thing in the entire world. He held my hand when we were walking out of the party, which would be like cute, but I think he was just trying to make sure I didn't fall down the stairs. And then he called my name and said I looked good. So two really simple things that really weren't that special whatsoever. I was in love with the kid because of that. Yeah, no, not a great love. I mean, after the party, we did get to know each other better and stuff like that. But after meeting him, I was like, oh, my God, he's the best. And then we had a couple weeks together where we had a lot of fun. And then he showed me his true colors. He decided that randomly one day he didn't want to talk anymore and just like deleted me on blocked me on everything came and got his stuff and like was super fucking rude so right then and there that kid showed me his true colors and that's right where I should have been like yeah no I actually never want to be with somebody who treats me like that but since the fact I romanticized this kid I fixated on the fact that he held my hand at a party and I fixated on the fact that he said Livy you look good And then I romanticized a full relationship in my head, thinking of the what ifs, like what could be all those things. And then he showed me exactly who he was in those two weeks. Like he was cool and fun, would have been a great friend, but like, was he taking me on dates? No, we were literally hooking up. That was probably it. But in my head, I was like, he's just so amazing. And he was genuinely did the bare minimum. But in my head, I created him to be a version of himself that he wasn't really. And that is exactly why (laughs) I'm telling you guys, we need to stop fucking romanticizing these men in our heads and thinking of the, we could do this together. He could do this for me. He could do all these things. No, 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 no. Start looking at their actions, and if they're actually doing that, great, be with them. But if they're not, we're just fixating on them in our heads. We're in love with the idea of them, not actually them. Like, yeah, it's nice to have someone there for you, and, like, you guys are hanging out and chilling, and it's cool, it's fun, but he's not taking you on dates. He's not telling you you're beautiful. He is not claiming you to be his girlfriend So you're just fixating on what you want it to be instead of what it really is. And I am completely a victim of that. I just told you, I literally fell in love with my ex-boyfriend because he was 6'4". Two-year relationship with him. Because during that relationship, I was like, God, he is actually really fucking annoying a lot of the time. And I look back now, I was, and even in the relationship, I was like, why am I dating him? And... It was like, you know what, yeah, like we did have some fun times together, but I think those fun times could have just stayed as just friends, and I think my crazy self romanticized the fuck out of this guy in my head.
that is what I mean by romanticizing somebody in my head. I was like, all the cute dates we could have went on, all these things we could have done. And then it was like we started dating and he wasn't doing any of those things. No wonder why, because that's not who he was. That's why I romanticized him to be in my head. I have another example of another guy I romanticized. And this has to be the worst one I've done it with. So... I mentioned to you guys my rebound. If you guys remember my rebound, you remember that I literally thought he was a loser. I mentioned in my It's My Birthday, My Year Recap episode that I met a guy and I called him my rebound and I literally had no fucking interest in the kid whatsoever. And then I went to a psychic and she told me I was going to date him. So what did I do? I romanticized the fuck out of him in my head to the point where my friend was like yelling at me and she was like, bitch, is it him or is it the jersey? Which one do you like? And in my head, I was like, no, I, I actually don't care what he does at all. I, I just like him a lot. And she was like, why? Why? Name five reasons why. And then they all were things that I had romanticized in my head. Him and I fought every single day. I was not in his league whatsoever. I would have been completely settling if I had ended up with him. He wasn't nice to me. He And I wasn't that nice to him either because he would piss me off. So then I would get upset and I would not be as nice to him. And then there was just so many things that were wrong in that. And I was thinking I was seeing signs from the universe that him and I should have been together. I'm literally crazy. My friends made it very clear to me, no, don't go after him. He is not a good person. But since I had fully romanticized him in my head, I was like, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. I'm totally going to go for him. I don't regret that, but I don't think that was my best choice I've ever done in my entire life. And I thought I was seeing signs from the universe, like I said, but I was seeing signs to not date him. And I took those as different kinds of signs. But I'm glad with that one, I took a step back and ended it where I did. But I do like kind of miss our arguments and our fights. They got like hot and steamy and it was kind of sexy. But like it's for the better that we're not talking. But like it was like fun little fights. He was just like a little toxic. And I found it kind of fun and flirty and cute. And it was like, oh, yeah, I know I shouldn't be doing this. But I want to do this. And he sexually was very attracted to that kind of personality and his toxicness. And that's fucked up. And this is where I get into me telling you guys that I love damaged men. And it's not cute. And it caused me a lot of pain. But I used to be, an emphasis on used to be, Mrs. Save a Man. Like, I was like, I'm Mrs. I can save him. Like, he's damaged. Like, the more damage the better for me. My one ex was very mentally ill and I loved it. I loved every minute of trying to help him become the best version of him. And it's actually very toxic of me to do that. And now I recognize that. But at the time I did not. I'm attracted to damaged people because I love to help people. Now that I think about it, I sit on here, give you guys advice. So I love to really help people because when I see potential in somebody I push them and try and help them as much as I can but it ends up really backfiring on me because you can't change anybody and not everyone's gonna have the same mindset as you and I would expect people to have the same mindset as me and that's never fair to anybody actually 
I did get over this. I 100% did get over trying to help damaged people. And I'm going to tell you guys how. After my last ex, I took a year and a half break from men. I needed it. I spent four years in two toxic relationships back to back. I was fucking drained. I was exhausted. I was crying every day. I was miserable for four years straight. I had probably three months break in between those two-year relationships. And it wiped me out in every single way. And I didn't even know who I was anymore after those relationships. And it was actually exhausting. I was tired from the tears. I was tired from the pain. I had to take a major step back. And I realized... I knew the woman I wanted to be and I knew everything I wanted to be doing and I wasn't doing it because I was putting all my time into these damaged, broken people and I had to take a step back and say, you have you and your issues. I have me and my issues. I can't date these guys anymore. I cannot keep hurting myself with toxic men. I knew exactly where I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. And that is exactly what I did. I dived into who I wanted to be. So I focused on my career. I focused on making money, school, friends, and doing what I loved. Once I put all my energy that I was putting into those toxic men into those things in my life, I completely blossomed. I mean, you guys listen to me now. You see me now and you listen to what I have to say. I have became a whole different person. My confidence has skyrocketed. My self-love has skyrocketed. I'm not saying to take a year and a half break. I'm just saying that's what I did. That's what I needed after being in those relationships. I couldn't handle another guy. I just couldn't even talk to another guy. I couldn't even do anything with another guy because I was so exhausted from what I had experienced with those guys. So putting all that effort that I had put into them into me... I just became very powerful. I became a bad bitch. I became what you're listening to now. And I love her. Oh, I fucking love her. She's amazing. And I wouldn't trade that for the world. Like, yeah, I did have those toxic relationships, but those toxic relationships helped me become who I am now. I did get over not picking toxic men. Let me get further into that. Since I love who I became so much, I truly refuse to settle for the girl I worked so hard to become. Sometimes, obviously, I mean, I get lonely. I truly have had, like, no male interaction in two years. Yes, I closed people out, but I was so severely hurt and actually, yeah, like, damaged. Like, I was complete damaged goods. I think it wouldn't have been fair to me to even put myself out there into be in another relationship with a man because I just wasn't good myself. Like, I had to really heal myself from all the trauma I had been through. I was so tired of other people's actions causing me pain, and I realized I'm the only one that can control that. So, I mean, I've gone two years with no pain from men, obviously, because I have chose not to put them in my life, and it's been really good. Year and a half, two years, whatever. So now I've refused to settle because the woman I became deserves so much more than the girl I was. And I want to say that again to let you guys really know how powerful that is. The woman I became deserves so much more than the girl I was. So I refuse to ever settle for anything anymore. And yeah, I might come across like I'm an actual bitch and I have these high expectations. And I always tell my friends that I 
will be on my first marriage by the time they sign their papers for their second divorce because I will wait that fucking long until I find a guy that I actually want to put time and effort into. So, I mean, now, obviously, I think it's actually important for me to go out there and start dating and open myself up more. I know, can you believe it? I'm not just a crazy man-hater. No, I do want to put myself out there now. I think I'm completely ready. I've built my career to where I want it to be right now, and I mean, it's only going to get better from here on out. And every aspect of my life, financially, emotionally, physically, spiritually, everything, I think I became the best version of myself. And I'm happy. I'm healthy. And I think it's time for me to bring someone else into that equation. But I do have these high-ass standards, and I'm not going to settle. So it's like when he comes, he comes. And when that happens, that's great. But I'm not going to force anything, and I'm not going to rush anything either because I don't feel the need. I don't feel like I need anybody. Yeah, I can want somebody, and I'm open to having somebody. The difference between me now and me the past year and a half, two years, is now I'm open to somebody coming into my life, and I am okay with somebody coming into my life. Let me tell you guys a little bit about how I'm dating now and how I navigate not settling for those toxic men and breaking those toxic behaviors right away. One, I trust my friends a lot. My best friend can call out a toxic situation when she sees it. For example, I was talking to one guy and I actually really liked him and she was like, I think he's an actually great person, but he has way too many issues and it's not fair for you in this point of your life to have to take on his issues. I don't think it's the best thing for you. And I value her opinion and I trust her and she would never steer me in a wrong direction. And I was like, you know what? You're right. He does have a lot of issues that I don't really want to take on right now. And I just don't see it fitting well in my life. But, like, still have love for him in my heart, always will. I just couldn't be with him because he was dealing with things that were really heavy and were not my responsibility to help him take care of. So, is what it is. It's, like, on to the next. You know what I'm saying? I'm still so young. I think it's important to realize I'm not settling down and getting married. I'm just having fun and dating. And I don't want to have a guy that has so many emotional problems and issues. It's affecting our relationship and the way that he can't communicate. He can't do things I need him to do as a significant other. And these, his emotional problems keep coming into the relationship. It's not like I'm going to be a fucking bitch. And it's like, if you have depression, get the fuck out. No, that's not the case. It's just, if you are emotionally unstable, you don't need to be in a relationship. You should really spend the time and focus on yourself. Just like I would expect anybody any guy I talked to the past year and a half when I was healing myself being like, no, 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 I think you have a lot of things you need to deal with yourself. We should probably not be in a relationship. And I think it's completely fine to call people out on that because I think we don't really realize how important our mental health is and value that as much as we should. That is one way I cut out from settling and the toxic men because I value my friend's opinion a lot. She has really good insight and sometimes our friends can see stuff we don't see. And I feel like if you love and trust your friends, it shouldn't be an issue of, like, what they're saying. It's, like, actually listen to what they have to say. So if I don't like one thing, I'm very quick to not respond. And I know that sounds a little bit nuts, but my boss once told me if I don't like what they do on the first date, don't pursue them any further because it's really rude to expect somebody to change and the likelihood of them changing is very rare. So if you don't like that they don't pay the bill or something about their life that you're not really thrilled that they do, 
don't just be like, I really hate this, but I'm still going to talk to him anyways, because that's never going to change. And your annoyance for that is also never going to change unless you settle. And ladies, we're not settling. It's 2020. I'm over the settling. So if I don't like one thing, I'm just like, okay, I don't want to talk to you anymore. And that's fine. I am upfront and honest of, of what I want and how to approach me. I don't hold anything back. I will tell these guys straight up if they're like, hey, let's chill. I'm not a chill kind of girl. You know what I mean? I'm a girl you wine and dine. I'm not a girl that you chill. We're all different. I just don't like to chill. So I'm going to show you guys an example of something I've actually said to a guy that was trying to talk to me and stuff. And this is how I got him on the page that I was on. Basically, what I said to him was, he kept being like, let's chill. When am I going to see you? When am I going to see you? And I said, look, I'm not a kind of girl that chills. I'm very busy with my work and everything that I'm doing in my life. If you want to see me, you're going to have to plan a date with me. I'm way too busy to even plan one myself. And if you're that interested in seeing me and you're that interested in getting to know me, you're going to have to set up the evening for us. And then I would more than gladly go on that date with you. But don't keep coming at me like, let's chill, let's chill, because that's not the kind of girl I am. I'm way too busy to even take control on one other aspect of my life. I would actually love if you decided to take control and say, you know what? Uber is going to be there at 730. You and I are meeting for drinks and dinner. Wear a dress. That is attractive. That is sexy to me because I am so busy. I don't even have time to even think of guys sometimes. So I told him, that is what I would fully expect from you if you want to be with me or you want to see me. I'm not over here chilling, hanging out, none of that stuff. No, I'm too busy and I don't want to waste my time, nor do I want to waste your time. I said, come to me correct with a game plan and then we're good to go. And that's exactly what he did. He came to me with a game plan. I'm very upfront with what I want and I'm very upfront with like, I'm busy. I'm not saying I'm not interested and I'm just saying this is the kind of girl I am. I don't chill. I do dates. If you want to get to know me, that is how you're going to be able to get to know me. I'm not going to hold anything back. I'm not going to go and chill with a guy for three hours and lay on his couch and watch Netflix because that's not the kind of girl I am. It's just I'm not going to be something that I'm not just to get to know somebody. It's like if they want to get to know me, they'll get to know me in the way that I want to get to know them. I might sound crazy. That's just the standard I've held for myself. Honestly, because I want to be treated nicely. I think all of us want to be treated nicely. I want to be wined and dying, taken on a date. I don't think it's too much to ask for to say, hey, if you want to get to know me, plan a date. And that is what it is. Actually, there is no other way to get to know me besides that. I'm over the phase in my life where we just hang out and chill as our first date. It's just not what I want. That is what I mean by when I say I'm upfront and honest with what I want. I mean, whatever happens from there happens from there. I'm not going to push a relationship or anything like that, but I'm setting the standard of how I want to be treated. Another thing, I don't really like to play games that much. I used to love to play games. Don't get me wrong. I'm an emotionally manipulative little bitch sometimes when I want to be, but I kind of got to the point where I was like, holy shit, I just don't even have the energy to play games with these guys that much anymore. And I think I'm so good at playing the game that I recognize when they're playing it and as soon as I see them playing the game and I'm like you think you're doing something special they get hit with the block real quick so I'm very observant on little things and red flags because I've experienced so many of them and I've had 
a lot of guys where I can look back and been like, that was a red flag there, that was a red flag there, that was a red flag there. I wish I could have noticed that in the moment. And now I'm like, okay, I'm evolved, I've grown, I've seen, and I've learned. And now I directly notice a red flag. And I'm very quick to be like, no, 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 that's not happening. Not a thing. We're not doing that. Yeah, when I see a red flag, I call it out and I usually block them because I am so set on not being in a toxic relationship or anything like that ever again so when you see the red flag ladies cut it out right there because they just showed you one and it's on the road to many more let's cut out the red flags like I said I block quickly I'm busy I don't have time to sit and play games with somebody or nor do I want to so I will block quickly if you piss me off you're probably gonna get blocked is what it is I know I sound like a psycho bitch but do I care no So I see my worth, and if someone doesn't, then they're usually gone. Example, rebound. He didn't really see my worth whatsoever, and he liked to play games. He liked to do what he did, and he thought he had me wrapped around his little finger, and I blocked him. Even after months and months and months of talking to each other and, like, admitting feelings and everything like that, I blocked him. I wasn't going to sit there and let him play a game with me because I'm not a toy. I just don't need that. It's a little bit empowering to hit them with a block real quick because then they kind of freak out. Guys freak out when you block them. They really do. I kind of looked back at everything that happened to me and I was like, these guys would do these things to me. Now it's my turn to take control and my turn to take power and I'm not fucking around anymore. So if I don't like something, oops, you get hit with the block just like I have in the past. It's just not a need. And it makes them kind of spiral a little bit. Can't lie. I know if we're saying I'm playing games, like this is a little game you can play. Block them randomly just block him and he'll spiral if you don't like what he did block him and then if he tries to get you on contact with you on any other thing be like I don't like this this and this what you did I don't have time for that in my life so I'm not going to put myself through that because you already showed me something I don't want and if they don't decide right then and they're like oh my gosh I'm going to correct myself I will never do that to you again then leave them blocked but if they like kind of like freaking out then unblock them but we don't have time to waste on immature men that want to sit and play a game because when a man really likes you and really cares for you and wants to be with you you're gonna know and I don't have time to sit and be like oh my god he left me undelivered or he left me unread what is he thinking what is he doing no I don't care if that's the case we are not going to talk if you can't have a constant conversation like a normal human being when you want to get to know somebody and all you can do is leave them unread then we don't need to get to know each other. If you want to just chill and not take me on a date, we don't need to get to know each other. If you're showing me toxic signs in the beginning, there's a highly unlikely chance that you're going to have a shot with me in the future. I've done this before. I don't want to do it again. And like I said, the woman I became doesn't deserve the same kind of things that the girl I was put up with. So I refuse to let her deal with those things. And I'm fully aware, like, I'm young. There's going to be someone that comes into my life and loves me with every single thing that they have and appreciates I am the way that I am. But until then, I will wait. I have no problem waiting. None at all. Because do you see me? Do you see what I have to offer? Look in the mirror and look at yourselves, ladies. Do you see all that you have to offer? Why are we settling? It's not cute. I've worked my life to become who I am today, and I'm proud of who I am today, and I actually really love who I am today, and it's taken a minute to sit here and be like, no, I fully love myself, but I do. So I refuse to ever let anybody come in and even have me question for a second how much I love myself ever again, and I just worked way too hard to 
get through this and I'm not going to let anyone ever take me back there again. And I feel like emotionally immature men are very quick and capable of taking you back to that place. And I just don't have the time for it. And that's usually why I date older ladies. I'm not saying you have to date 40 year olds. Like I did one time. It was one time and we had a couple of days and he, even he pissed me off and didn't hear from me again because he was acting childish. I want to be able to sit across from somebody and have an emotionally intellectual conversation with them. I don't want to have to sit there and play a game. I expect what I give to come right back to me. And I know what I'm willing to give. And I know what I expect from people and how I would act. So I expect nothing less from the person that I'm choosing to be with. It's not a hard situation to wrap our heads under. We have to stop justifying actions for them and we have to stop romanticizing them in our heads. Because once I was romanticizing these guys in my heads, it was game over and they could treat me any way they wanted. But now that I sit here and I'm like, no, I know my worth, I know what I want from a guy and I'm not gonna tolerate anything less than that, they will come to me correct. Your standards are never too high. They will always want you. If anything, it makes them want you a little bit more because they see how much work they have to put in to get you. Haven't you ever heard the chase is fun? Like, make them work for it. This isn't easy. Just say it. Also, I was holding high expectations of myself when I should have held them for the guys. Here's an example. This is like a time where I was like, I want to save sex for someone special. I'm not talking about marriage. I'm just talking in general. I was tired of having sex with men that didn't respect me. Like, my exes didn't respect me as who I was as a woman, and it was really emotionally draining for me, and it was toxic for me. So I was like, the next time I have sex is going to be with someone that I categorize as special and I think is worth it for me giving my body to them. My body isn't just for everybody. So what I did was I kind of fixated on that a little bit too much where I was like, they have to be special, they have to be special, they have to be special. And then I met a guy and I told him what I expected of myself. I didn't really tell him what I expected of him. I just kept saying, I want to wait for someone special. When I should have said to him, if you want to have sex with me, you have to treat me as if I am someone special to you. You don't just get it. It was an I thing when it should have been a you thing. So we had a major disconnect in that situation and it just didn't end well. And it's my fault because I didn't correctly explain to him what I was expecting of him. I was more saying of what I expected of myself. So when I now take a step back and it's like, I'm only having sex with somebody if they know my worth and they treat me how I wanted to be treated and we have a relationship together and the boundaries are met of every single thing I want and I expect from these boundaries instead of like, I have to wait for someone special. Like, no, I have to wait until you have proven to me that you can respect and acknowledge my boundaries. Until then, there's no sex and that's just how I hold things in my head. Like, I have to be very comfortable with someone if I'm going to have sex with them and they have to meet my boundaries that I have. And then, like if I read you guys my boundaries, it's nothing spectacular. It's just normal boundaries that I set for myself. So I don't go back to the pattern of having a toxic relationship, which I'm so used to. So it's like I've done all this work to break the pattern of what I'm so accustomed to and used to. So if you've noticed yourself like me, romanticizing guys in your head, falling for toxic men, and being in really shitty situations where you're always the one that's hurt, take a step back and say, no, I'm refusing to do this. I'm going to give myself a list of boundaries. And if they don't respect them, they're gone. And this is how I want to be approached. And this is what I want. Be very clear and specific with yourself of what you want from 
the men in your life. And I think that's what I'm now practicing. I've always preached it, but now like with the men in my life, I'm like, no, this is what I fully expect. And if you can't do it, you're gone. Like I've said a million times in this episode. You guys, I've talked to you about really personal things. I think every episode I get a little bit more and more personal, but I want to share you guys tips that have helped me cut out the toxic men and relationships I've had in my life. Because I think that is a really big question everyone asks me. They're like, well, you've been through these toxic relationships. How are you okay now? And I'm not going to sit here and be like, I'm perfectly fine. I'm so perfect. No, I think once you experience a traumatic experience, it'll be with you forever. But it's now how I worked through it and how I make sure I can never repeat that again. Because I mean, it's really easy to fall into a toxic cycle. But I never think anyone's expectations are too high. And if anyone's telling you their expectations are too high, you don't need to be with them. Wait for the person that is going to treat you the best. I love every single one of you. I know these last couple weeks I've been preachy, but I think it's so important to really realize, do I really like them or do I like their net worth or do I like their height or do I like something else about them? Because we romanticize and romanticizing leads to toxic relationships, ladies and gentlemen. It really does. Because then you're never satisfied. You're like, well, why aren't you doing these things? And it's because they're not the person that you made up in their head. But that is this week's episode on toxic men. Let's cut out the toxic men. But now we have my midday matcha must-haves. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I need to get better with my midday matcha must-haves. They're just not where I want them right now. We need to get better with it, Livy. Okay? Okay. I'm going to be trying a bunch of new things and then come on here and tell you guys about them. But one midday matcha must-have is a planner. If you don't have a daily to-do list and then your schedule written out, are you even successful? Okay. Whoa. A little bit intense. But it will help you be successful in your day-to-day basis and what you want to accomplish and what you want to do. Oh, my God. My name necklace is another midday matcha must-have. I don't know if I've said this, but I have my name on my neck because I'm that bitch. So it's just a daily reminder, like, yes, you're that bitch. The most important person in my life is on my neck. I remember I used to always want my ex's name on my neck, probably because I was severely brainwashed and I was on a drug or something. I don't know what the fuck was wrong with me then. But I was like, oh, that's so cute. And then I was like, you know what is even cuter than his name on my neck? My name on my neck? Because I'm the most important person in my life. Why the fuck do I need his name on my neck? I'm not his dog. It, like, reminded me, like, of a dog collar now that I look at it. Where it's like, oh, my God, he's not my owner. Oh, hell no. It's like, when lost, return to. Uh-uh, no. We don't need that. I mean, one day I probably will get initial and a necklace. But, I mean, that's only after they get my lips tattooed on their neck. You know what I mean? It's a compromise, ladies. Kidding. Would never expect my boyfriend to get my lips tattooed on his neck just my name (laughs) guys I think it'd be fun you know who can say that like very select few of us can be like my boyfriend has my lips or my name tattooed on his neck and I want to be one of them I definitely do want to be one of those girls whose boyfriend does that for them I just think it's cute and quirky you're like whoa expectations are getting really fucking high right now I know but like why not let's have fun we're young I'll wear a necklace you get your name tattooed on my neck why not I've been into books. Oh my God, I sound like such a weirdo being like, books? No, but I love to read. I know you guys are probably like, what? She reads? She's not just a dumb blonde? I'm not. I read. Not reading like law books or anything special, but I love 
to just sit down at the end of the night, get in the bath, light a candle, have my glass of wine, and read a nice book. I think I'm always in my head so much, so reading a book really gets me out of my head. So I really recommend that if you're in your head at all, like a really good way to get out of it is to dive into a book. Also, I feel like we can never stop learning. So I love to learn, like always challenge ourselves to learn something better. If you don't like reading, I also like doing master classes because then I learn a lot from a master class. And I know I'm not really, like, school savvy. I mean, I have a podcast and I do YouTube. So you can see school isn't my number one priority, but I still think it's really important to learn. So I get all my learning from my books because I do want to come across intelligent. And I don't think you need a college degree to be intelligent. I think you need to have knowledge to be intelligent. Just saying. Like, do I even use geography anymore? Never once in my life. But did I have to take it to get a degree? Yes, but I don't use it. So now I'm like, let me learn things that I'll actually use. All right, you guys, if you've learned anything from this episode, it is love yourself enough to never settle and stop romanticizing these whack-ass men in your heads. It can apply to the men too. Stop romanticizing everybody in our heads, guys. It's just not worth it. But I love every single one of you. I hope you guys know that. I also love when you reach out to me and we get to talk. That is my favorite thing ever. So to get in contact with me, email me at middaymatcha, two A's at the end of matcha at gmail.com. And also follow me on Instagram at Livy Maeve, M-A-E-V-E as in Maeve, and then midday underscore matcha on Instagram as well. You guys, I love every single one of you. I hope you have an amazing rest of the weekend. It's a Friday. Let's love ourselves. Let's cut out the romanticization of men in our heads. And let's be some bad bitches, girls or boys. Get your shit together. All right. Have a great weekend, guys.